It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, good to chat with Tyvis. What the hell's right, to do with something? Guys, it's time for 32 and 32. You guys have totally destroyed this list. It's but been, it's, it's but, been a disaster. But it's secretly our best, <laughs> our best segment. Because <laughs> but before we, we get into that, yeah. as uh, McNuggets told you all yesterday, uh, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show has a uh, partnership with Fanatics. We do. And drop the link in the chat already. So what happens is, man, you can go to Fanatics. You can get your Browns gear. Uh, you use that promo code, and we get a portion of, you know, of the earnings. So go out there and get your Browns gear. Brown season is around the corner. First preseason game at uh, Cleveland Brown Stadium is Friday. I know you want to be fresh when you pull up in there. So spend some of that paycheck money. Earl, Everybody Earl. get their checks early. It's a, it's a promo code? No, no, it's, it's, a, it's a link. It's a link. It's a link. So if you, link. If you yeah. use that link, any okay. Browns gear you buy Can through that link, link, we get up a little there? bet. It's uh, fanatics.com slash UCSS. Uh, basic. It's in the chat. But like I said, you don't got to help us. Yeah. Just do what you normally do. And that's right. the start of football season. Buy some Browns gear instead of buying it elsewhere. Use the code for us, or the link for us, excuse me. There it is on the screen. It's fanatics.com slash UCSS. It doesn't cost any extra. It's exactly the same. We just get a little portion back. So we appreciate you guys helping us by helping yourself look fly for Cleveland yeah. Browns season. By the way, um, last week fans were crushing me because I said the preseason sucks. I don't care. And people were mad about it. And here's Tyvis saying the players are done with the preseason already. They want the real game. The players don't give a shit about the preseason. Not the players that matter. And the preseason sucks. Wins and losses don't matter. And I can't. The regular season can't get here soon enough. No, I, will, I like, listen, I, I love, the, everybody loves the regular season. We, everyone yeah. thinks the preseason is, uh, is a little bit too uh, long. So, but from a perspective, for some people, it is, uh, it's important. They're, to some of them, it ain't. To the players, I get it. I'm just saying, as a fan, I I, I only watch the preseason because of the job I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I don't watch the Bengals preseason games, I don't care. I'll talk. I'll see you in the regular season. I woke up this morning on my way to work, like, man, what I'm gonna do when I get off? And I was like, damn, it's preseason football on today. So for me, just the fact that I get to watch football is good enough for me. I understand preseason really don't count for much, but I've missed it. It doesn't count for anything. It, in turn. In terms of what it means for the team, it's meaningless. I loved, I loved when people tried to say, well, if you do well in the preseason, it might translate to the, the Ravens have won from 22 straight preseason games. Yeah. And I'm just talking about from a fan's perspective. I, again, it don't count for much, but just yeah. my entertainment, my peace of mind, my distraction from, from, from everything else, yeah. just to, to sit back and get a chance to watch some football. To Earl's point, there was cornhole on ESPN last night. Yeah. Give me preseason football Why over cornhole. Why did you just watch baseball? 
Well, I was just flipping through the channel. I, was, I didn't I mean, stop. The Guardians are not worth. I'm well, not I, watching the Guardians I, I, I anymore this I year. I didn't stop and watch. I'm just saying I yeah. flipped through the channels and I was like, I was watching cornhole. the Cubs play the Mets and getting angry that they lost the game to the Mets. It just football on TV is good. At the end it of the day, is. football on TV is That's good, true. even if it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Football, yes. football is better than no football. I'll never forget the Browns went four and zero the year four and zero in the preseason. The year they went zero sixteen. And the Ravens have won. Tw- it is actually a crazy stat. Yeah. To win 22 straight Don't preseason care. games. I, I know it, it doesn't yeah. matter, but that's absurd, the fact that they've done that. It is absurd. Yeah. That's like seven preseasons in a row they haven't lost. Well, and I think. And zero Super Bowls. I think the preseason matters to certain things like this. Like Deshaun Watson, right? You know, you need to. People need to see him. No. In some rhythm. No. Well, nope. we'll get to that in a second. But first, let's get to the 32 and 32. Yeah, 32 and 32, yeah. we are number at number 20 on this list, man. <laughs> Speaking of this list, I have to be honest with you. Me, McNuggets, and Anthony put together probably the most stellar list in the history of the Ultimate Facts. Cleveland Sports no, Show doing that this. That is untrue. Wow. Number 20 on this list is Wyatt Teller. What impact can uh, Wyatt Teller have on the Browns this year? We know he had a down season last season. To me, I think this is his last year with the Browns unless he restructures his contract. But what are you expecting from him this year? I'll start, I guess. Go ahead. I do think Earl's right on point that unless they do a major restructuring of his contract, I think there's a more than 50% chance, probably more than a 70% chance. This is his final season in Cleveland. He has to play like 2021-2020 Wyatt Teller for the Browns to reach their full potential this season. And I think the big reason of that is we all know Deshaun Watson's a great athlete. When pressure comes from the outside, you can step up in the pocket, find a lane, and create. The hardest thing to do as a quarterback is to evade internal pressure. That's why guys like Aaron Donald and Chris Jones are so valuable in the grand scheme of the NFL. And if Wyatt Teller can't keep those guys from getting into Deshaun Watson's face within half a second, then it's a lot harder for Deshaun Watson to then evade a guy when the middle's already collapsed and you can't get to the outside because edge dressers are taking that outside route and forcing Jed Jed Wills and Jack Conklin to push him back inside. So interior pressure is the most unstoppable thing for an offense to deal with. And you have Batoni on one side. They're not going after him, so they're going to be going after Wyatt Teller, which is why I think 20 is about the right spot for him this year. He has to play well for them to reach their potential. By the way, if over the cap has this right, and they're usually pretty reliable, the Browns can't – I mean, they're, if they cut Wyatt Teller next year, there's almost $3 million in dead cap space. That's a lot. Yeah, but they have a lot of guys that are – That's His contract's not looking great right now. Teller? What you mean, like, in terms of, like – Long-term sustainability or just in general? I mean, so... He's probably gone next year. They're going to take a $3 million dead cap hit but look to what, save 6.4? Is that all they save by cutting him? Mm. That's it. Uh-huh. So, I, I, to me, I think he's very important to what they want to do. I heard Ryan Clark uh, on the other day, um, and he said something that I wholeheartedly agree with. He said, people believe that when you got a quarterback like Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb, that it's it's one or the other. And he said, that's a basketball mentality. He's like, you saying it like you got two guards and one is ball, both of them ball dominant. How many balls are going to go around so you can score? He said, it's not, that's not the case with Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb. Then it becomes about situational football. In certain situations, it's up to the coach to figure out what plays he wants to run in those situations in order to maximize the, the you know the success of the team. So if I'm looking at it like from this standpoint, I know everybody throws the football, but to me, I believe when I watch the Kansas City Chiefs, there's there's one way that you could beat the Chiefs, and 
it's a very slim what is a very slim margin if you just want to go throw for throw with them you got to physically punish the chiefs you have to be able to when when there's always a point in time where where chris jones or somebody on their defense gets a sack or makes a play because you're throwing a football but i believe that when they put their nickel package out there the cleveland browns have to smile and say we have the advantage we have the best running back in the game we got road graders up front at our guard position we need to run straight at them to get these dudes out of here. And I think if you get out physical to Chiefs, out physical to Bills, out physical to Dolphins, and punish them with what you got, and then you set up the pass, I think the Browns will be exponentially uh, a better offensively. So I think Wyatt Teller is a big part of what they want to do. Hopefully for him, he stays healthy. That's his, that's his MO. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he, put, he gives a lot of punishment out. But he takes a lot of punishment, yeah. especially when you run the ball a lot. And the Browns have run the ball more than anybody in the last three years. That puts wear and tear on Conklin, wear and tear on Teller. You see what happened to Harris. Uh, Joe Batonio's had a lot of wear and tear. And Will, Will seems to be injured from Jump Street. So you got to always take into consideration when you do run the ball, your offensive line is, is in, in harm's way as well. So I, I like Teller. Uh, I think if he could get back to what he was, to your point, McNuggets, I think the Browns will be one of the most formidable offenses because they, they now have one of the best offensive lines and defensive lines in the game, and that translates because we want to beat you up. If you look at the cap savings, yeah, Wyatt Teller, I, we were all thinking he was going to be cut, but I, I don't think so, not based on the cap. You'd save a lot on Joel Batonio, but I don't know if you want to go there. You could save a lot cutting Amari Cooper next year. But anyway, next year is next year. As for this year, Wyatt Teller is still very important. I agree with G. Uh, the guy played at an all-pro level a couple of years ago. He's, his biggest problem has been he's been hurt, mm-hmm. yeah. and that has kind of set him back. I still think he's a really good player. He's not as good as Batonio. No. Batonio's the most consistent guard, but uh, one of the most – probably after Zach Martin, he's the most consistent guard in the NFL. Uh, but, but Wyatt Teller's a really good player. And he, if he can stay healthy this year, he can get back to that. But it's hard to have a lot of faith in him staying healthy. That's really the biggest flaw. I know we talked about Jedrick Wills. In terms of, you know, the offensive line, like, if healthy, I'm only really worried about Jedrick Wills. But with Conklin and Teller, I'm worried about both of them getting hurt. I mean, they both have a history of injuries. And you have Dewan Jones now is slated to be the backup. He's played in one preseason game, and it's a pre-preseason game. Right. We don't. Well, they have James Hudson. I mean, he. Well, he, Hudson's more of a guard than a tackle, isn't he? No, no he's he plays a, he plays left tackle. Yeah. I thought, I thought right. he kind of filled in everywhere, but whatever. So you yeah. have James Hudson as well, but it's unproven commodities. And when your investment in Deshaun Watson is what it is, yeah. In any franchise quarterback, Deshaun right. Watson, name it, any of those guys, your season relies on their health and the guys whose job it is to keep that quarterback standing are so vital, and that's why I think Wyatt Teller. If he gets back to the 2020-2021 form where he had a 90-plus PFF grade in mm. back-to-back seasons, mm. just takes this offensive line to another new level. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, – I'm still surprised they, they signed Jack Conklin to that extension. I'm very surprised. That was a head-scratcher at the time. Super surprised. Conklin – and how old is Conklin at this point? He is – I was super surprised at that. He's like 28, I think. He was drafted in 2015, I believe. Conklin is tw- – yeah – 28, you're right. Uh, actually, he's about to turn 29. He'll turn 29 in a week. He 
he he only missed three games last year. I don't know why I thought he missed more than that. Because he was just always banged up. It yeah. Was, it was always the he question. He was in and of, out of games. Yeah. And he missed 10 games the year before. Uh, his first year at Cleveland, he only missed two. But, you know, he, he he's ha- he's played one full season in the last five years. Wasn't he all pro his first year in Cleveland? He was. Yeah, he was phenomenal. He was all He's pro. been really good when he's been healthy. He's been, he was all pro as a rookie in 2016 with Tennessee and then all pro in his first year here. But at 20, you know, listen, if he stays healthy, okay. Boy, if, uh, McNugget if, said something last night yeah. on Behind the Glass before we move on to Johnny Menzel. I just want you to elaborate on a, a little bit. You said, you know, there's a world next year to where the Browns can have three new starters on the offensive line. Yeah, I do think that's possible. It doesn't sound like it, though, because, I, again, they can't get out of Conklin's contract after next year. Well, Conklin's not who I was referring to. They can't get out of Teller. I mean, they well, could, but so now, they could get out of Antonio. The, well, the Teller thing, in my mind, was a much much bigger savings. Yeah. But if they don't like Jed, Jed Wills doesn't perform this year. Right. He's probably replaced. Ethan Poach is on a three-year extension. It's really a one-year deal plus right. two. They can get, if they like Luke Whipler and Poaches isn't the 90 PFF guy. I mean, they guy, need to get younger on the old line. But I'm just saying, you there's a world. You can spend big money on five offensive linemen. There's a world where next year you're looking at a new tackle, a new center, and a new guard. It's possible. There's, there's a world where that exists. So, yeah, it's and, possible. And, and I will say this, too. I, I'm not so sold on Amari Cooper not being here. Like, if Amari Cooper comes out and he's playing with the best quarterback he's ever played with, and they got a connection, and he throw, he, he goes over 13, 1,400 yards. Or, he's probably back. He's like, why I, would you cut him? No, in, I I would think they try to renegotiate. Yeah, yeah. or restructure. You That's know, maybe fine. give him an extension, but at a yeah. little less money per year. I mean, because listen. I mean that's that that production is hard to find. Um, Browns have a lot of cap questions. At the end, of, whether it's Cooper, Teller, Batonio, Chubb, the list goes on and on. They got a lot of guys who are either on one-year deals, like Darius Smith, who plays well. I'm assuming you'd want him back, yeah. but you may not be able to sign hey, him let's, monetarily. Let's worry about that. But that's let's, all next year. Way too much that, about that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, all yeah, next yeah. year. We're not even yeah. at this season. Yeah, yet. We we're not, not even at 2023 yet. yet. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's. Are we talking ahead. Watson real quick though? Are we gonna do the preseason with Watson? We'll do the Watson after. Let's talk about. Yeah, we get the Watson in about 20 minutes. Perfect. Let's talk about the Johnny Manziel thing. So now, gee, we I talked about all these one second, boy, one second, but we yeah. gotta go to break first. Okay. Before we get into Johnny Manziel, I just want to remind you at this time to subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Make sure you go to our page, hit that like button, ring that bell to stay up to date with all the latest news, the, all the latest information, all the latest alerts, like our podcast behind the glass. Shout out to everybody who pulled up yesterday. We had over two thousand live views. Our podcast did over 10,000 views yesterday. We had super chats. We had new members joining. Shout out to everybody who pulled up and supported. McNuggets was out there with the guns out. It was crazy. It was wild, man. So make sure you subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Apparently nobody knew you had guns. Yeah, I I don't know what my reputation was prior to yesterday, but yeah. But it's changed. So, G, you were the one. manly now. You were the one who didn't who didn't watch it. Um, it was a lot that came out. This is for you all. You know, I just I, said there was nothing out of there. No, nah, to me it was a lot. I, I I enjoyed it, but you know when I watched it, it was clear that there were a lot of red flags with Johnny Manziel, and yet the Browns drafted him anyway. And I I find it hard to believe that they did not do their homework before drafting him. So it led me to believe, okay, this was only to sell tickets. How far have the Browns organization come from that moment to now, in your opinion? I don't believe that they 
only did it to sell tickets. That doesn't make any sense because if you knew he was going to be bad, the Browns sell tickets anyway. The Browns sell out every game every year. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it was Jimmy has Jimmy Haslam. Um, let me be a little nice about. it. I shouldn't be too mean. He is a shit ass owner. Okay. <laughs> he he sucks. He's a terrible owner. He's done almost nothing well. He walks like he just took a shit and didn't wipe himself. Okay. Jimmy Haslam's a bad owner. He meddles. He pits guys against each other. He don't know what the hell he's doing. The Browns have to try to win in spite of him. It's not going to change. He's not going to all of a sudden uh, let guys do their jobs or be a better owner. He's a bad owner, but you can win with a bad owner if you. But it's just more to overcome. So you got to deal with that. I, I know there'll be twenty five percent of our audience that'll try to convince me he's a good owner. You're wrong. I'm right. He's a bad owner. Okay. There's, there's no. There's really no debating that. So you have to overcome his stupidity and his meddling. And that's what happened with Johnny, is the owner just said, I want this guy. I'm fired up. He's Johnny Football. And I'm sure the football people did not want anything to do with Johnny Manziel, G, because there were all these red flags. All you had to do was talk to any coach with the Texas AM system. And I'm sure the coaches... I remember when Johnny got drafted... We had Cliff Kingsbury on our radio show, and he talked about the fact that he basically said, I don't remember word for word exactly what he said, but he basically said Johnny doesn't practice much. He doesn't work hard. Like He said said in the documentary, too. Right, but this is years later. Now, at the time, it was mind-blowing because you never heard a coach say that about a rookie, ever. So there's zero doubt that this move was 100% Jimmy Haslam, Again, I don't think it was selling tickets. I just think he overrode his football people because he was excited, like a fan, about Johnny football. And it was extremely foolish because the guy had no business being drafted in the NFL. This, this, is, this is very easy. Um, this is why history um, is so pivotal. When I got into sports, they told you you can't talk about politics or you can't talk about certain things and we want to talk about sports. But what people don't realize is that everything that goes on in these organizations is political. It is. This was a political move. When you look at the Cleveland Browns back then, look at the traditional quarterbacks that they had. They they tried to go with the the All-American boy and Colt McCoy. They heck, they tried to go with Brandon Whedon. The, the, the savvy 30-year-old will draft him. They tried to go with Colt McCoy, the down south good old boy. They tried to go every which way. They tried to get Matt Conference guy, Charlie Fry. He's from here. They went and got the backup quarterback. Let's get Jeff Garcia here. They tried every which way they could to get a quarterback, and it all failed. Just like when we talk about our political system here in the United States. When people get fed up, the pendulum tends to swing. You go from really, 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 really over here liberal to all oh, way, way, way over here conservative over the top conservative. So you can see that play out in our political system. People were tired. They felt like they was taking L's. They didn't have, they don't have the, they, they don't have any, any pension. The job market sucks. They feel they overlooked. So they're looking for something. They're looking for somebody that stands for them or, or to give them a feeling, not action, but a feeling. Johnny Manziel gave you a feeling that's right he he made you feel like hey 
I, who cares about the establishment? The establishment got us all these L's all these years. We tried to clean cut quarterback, but maybe let's try this guy. And at least he tells us how he feels. And at least he's real about his party and why everybody else is phony about it. And and he goes out there and he plays with certain exuberance. And he made us a couple plays and he makes you believe it. That That is why they took Johnny Manziel. And it, it rubbed off on the ownership and the owner is looking for any answer swimming. And you know what they always say? When you're swimming, the, the worst thing you can do is try to save somebody who's drowning because they end up pulling you down because yeah. they, they're panicking. And that was a panic move. It's crazy that when you go back to the 2014 NFL draft, as bad as Johnny Football was as an NFL player and as bad as a draft pick that turned out to be, it wasn't even the Browns' biggest mistake of the first round. Like Justin Gilbert was yeah. the ninth overall pick that year. And he was a worse NFL player than Johnny Football was. No, he was. I mean, they were equally bad. They oh, no, 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 no. no. Justin Gilbert started, what, two games? Yeah, and and, the t- real quick, the 10 guys drafted directly after Gilbert all made at least one Pro Bowl. Yeah, but, I, they, uh, well, they were both complete shit. But I'm just I saying, mean, it wasn't you know. like they, that, that scouting department that year nailed one pick. Yeah. And what, it was no. two colossal, uh, colossal failures. Yeah. The thing that stood out to me most about the Johnny Football doc, he admitted, I'm not a football player that likes to party. I'm a frat boy who happens to be really good at football. And to be open, and I'm saying in hindsight now, but to be open about that and to realize who he was in that time, and I mentioned this on your podcast last night, Bull, Johnny Football came to prevalence as soon as Twitter became a real thing. And Johnny Football's rise to stardom, to the levels he reached, were exactly in line with when social media started becoming a thing and amping guys up to levels they had never seen before. I don't blame, or I, I understand, I guess, why Johnny Manziel thought he was on top of the world when he's hanging out with LeBron James and Drake, mm-hmm. and he's the coolest guy at some of the coolest parties in the world. He's walking into parties, and celebs are asking him for pictures. He's just a little kid from San Antonio, Texas. It's never been like that. And he was amped up to a level that Crazy. it felt like, it, at least in his mind, he couldn't be knocked off that perch because he never had to work hard in his life. He was just naturally good at football. He was able to do football and party at the same time. And when it came down to that next level... He had no interest in ever really putting in the work. He never. He, he never, and he said it, I never really loved football in that sense. I, I never was willing to work hard. He watched zero yeah. hours of film. He didn't practice. Like, that wasn't who Johnny Football was. He was a frat boy who was really good at football, and once he got to that next level where he had to put in the work to compete, he wasn't willing to do it. And that's sad because it, it seems like he could have been. I, I, think, I don't know talent. that he ever could have been good. I, if he had worked hard, maybe he had been serviceable. I, I guess we'll never. I would say, I mean, but we'll look, look at what he was without trying. Had he put in a little bit of effort? I to, mean, I, yeah. To to be, yeah, I think about it like this: to be a quarterback in the NFL and not know any of your play, but to watch no film work and to <laughs> not even practice that much and be high or or drunk ninety yeah. percent of the time, you have to have talent. Like that's crazy. Like he, like you. That's like saying you're gonna throw touchdown passes against guys who do this for a living. Yeah. He doesn't even know the plays. He's just running around out there, which is the crazy part about it. Um, I remember the first time we played against the Bengals. Oh my god! And that, I mean, they just. Uh, look, it was one of the most. It was. It was disrespectful. Like he just didn't know where to go with the rock. He was in sack. They was doing his little dance on over top of his face. Um, you know, I, I just think he's a guy who, to me, he, he, he had mental issues, 
like clearly yeah, he was yeah. what he was diagnosed with like being bipolar. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in the NFL, when you go back and look at it, um, there's a lot of people in the NFL that are that that meet that same fit that same description of. Hey, I got the most money I ever had. I'm rich. I'm Johnny Manziel. I went in the first round. And then he says, I walked on the field and was even more miserable than yeah, I was yeah, before, right. which was crazy. Yeah. Go ahead, Earl. Uh, a couple things. Uh, first, we got a super chat. Devoid, Devoid Archangel. I don't know what the hell that says, but he says Haslam is the owner lady from the movie Major League. Uh, I got a comment about that, but boy, correct me if I'm wrong. I remember listening to your radio show at the time, and you all were talking about the Browns had hired a firm to kind of help them try to figure out which direction they should go in the draft. And the consensus was like Odell Beckham and Teddy Bridgewater. Yet somehow we ended up with yeah. Justin Gilbert and Honestly, Johnny I don't Mizzou. remember that. I, I remember do. him hiring some firms. I don't remember specifically. Now that you say it, mm-hmm. it's kind of striking a chord. And and in fairness, Teddy Bridgewater hasn't had a good career either. No. But I'd much rather have had him than, they, they, they than did Johnny Manziel. They did Teddy Bridgewater's still playing. Johnny Manziel just yeah, checked out a rehab. Teddy Bridgewater's a backup quarterback, but he's a good, you know, again, he wasn't the answer either. Yeah. But at least he's a career quality backup. Uh, and obviously Odell, you know. I, I, look, but, I look at the parallels very, very similarly. Like, and along the lines of the pendulum swings, when they went back and they drafted Baker Mayfield, it was still some of the same stuff, like, but to a lesser degree. And so you, if you look at the two most polarizing quarterbacks in the city, and people will say they divided the city. It was a Brian Hoyer versus Manziel, and people used to argue every day about it. Then it was Baker Mayfield versus whoever it is on the other side of the spectrum. People yelled about it, like, or it was. I think that Baker was more just you believe in him or you don't. Yes, more than another quarterback specifically until Watson got traded. Right, right. So, and people love Baker because once again, yeah, you tried it the other way. Like the other way was like, hey, we we'll go go through the draft. We'll bring some people in, or and it just never really worked. So, and in fairness, Baker had some success, of course, and he did, unlike Johnny, and he and he he was in his playbook, and he never. Was outwardly alcohol. I mean, yeah, you know, you none of that stuff. So the one thing that Johnny Dockett didn't touch on that I think is a big reason Manziel ended up being a first-round pick and the reason he was the Heisman winner that year, Mike Evans was so good that season at oh, a and yeah. And Mike Evans bailed Johnny's ass out. Now, this is not taking yeah. – Johnny was unbelievable in his own right. Yeah. Mike Evans was so good that – and Mike Evans is still playing, by the way. He's the only receiver in NFL history with nine straight 1,000-yard season starts. Yeah, guys. He's, he was so good. You mentioned Baker. And, like, the parallel, I know you texted us, bigger mistake, Baker or Manziel. I'm not sure if you thought that was, like, do you, do you think anyone argue Baker? It's definitely Manziel was the bigger mistake. Well, well I would actually, to G's the defense, I would actually argue Baker was the bigger mistake because with Manziel, who else was I going to draft at that point? What quarterback? Was there a quarterback taken later in that draft? That was I good? can't remember. That was a weak quarterback draft. It was Blake no Bortles was the first draft. quarterback off the draft. Obviously, Manziel's the far worse. Oh, Baker Mayfield, if he wanted to and had a good attitude, could last but, the league as a backup but forever. I call Baker a bigger mistake because you got two quarterbacks that you you didn't take. You could have Lamar or Josh Allen. You can look at misses however you want. Yes. I think the, the reality situation is it's a bigger miss on Manziel because you avoided every red flag humanly possible under the sun. His workout, he was throwing routes to his agent and his guy. Like, but again, Mike, I don't, I don't believe. I, obviously, I don't know this with 100% certainty. I don't believe 
that the football people had anything to do with drafting Manziel. I think it was 100% okay. a Jimmy Haslam move, so I don't think they missed the red flags. I think Jimmy didn't care about the red flags. If, if that is true, then yeah, then obviously that changed yeah. the equation. But I'm just looking at yes. pick versus pick. Right. Baker, like you said, at least Baker could be a competent NFL quarterback. Yeah. I mean, if he ba- had to if be. Baker had a ba- better attitude, he could be a career backup. Yeah. So, so Manziel, I think, had no chance at ever having sustained well, no. a sustained career in the well, NFL. Well, the reason I say, even mention this, is because yeah. it, it stung a little bit more with Baker because His first he came after the after the one in thirty one. Right. So you sat through hell. He's supposed to be the savior. And and he was like, okay, we finally got it. We good. And then when it progressed and it wasn't, and and what ended up costing you was this. That happened, and then it took you three first-round picks. Right. After that. If they had – now, listen, who knows? Maybe Josh Allen wouldn't have been as good here. We'll never know, right? Right. But if they drafted Josh Allen – who knows what this whole history of this franchise would have been? Could have been totally different. Plus, you would have had all those, as you said, you'd still have, would have had still those had three, three first round picks. I mean, or you now in fairness, to- there weren't that many people here, myself included, saying draft I, Josh Allen. I, yeah, me either. Like, I, so, I didn't believe. I wasn't a Josh Allen believer. I like Lamar. I actually like Lamar. I, I like Lamar, but Jackson. I embarrassingly like I got Josh a Rosen. Uh, in hindsight, a total right? piece of garbage. What's that? Well, you remember? I got a question. In hindsight, so everybody remember when John Dorsey took over as the Browns general manager. And before he had even took over, you know, he had just left the Chiefs. He was doing a lot of independent, independent scouting, et cetera. And I'm just wondering now, it seems like he had already predetermined that Baker Mayfield was going to, be his, going to be his pick. And knowing what we know about how John Dorsey went about certain business, I wonder if he even did any due diligence on the other quarterbacks that was coming out. Because we heard Baker Mayfield's name attached to John Dorsey Literally, the moment that he took this job, I'm sure yeah, they did. I'm their sure due he did diligence, his due diligence, yeah. but you know, I guess you, you never know, right? Teams passed on Patrick Mahomes. They the 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 Chicago Bears saw Patrick Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky, and they took Mitch Trubisky. Crazy, Mitch Trubisky, like how much? That's that's nightmares. Drafting a quarterback is the hardest science in the entire. Realm of sports. It, 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 it is. The way we evaluate it is impossible. No skill is like purely translatable. It's so mental. I mean, look at the, the hit rate of first round quarterbacks, and we're seeing more and more drafted every year. It's like 37 to 38%. Is the, is the hit rate any hot? The only reason the hit, but part of that is because you, you look teams at reach on quarterbacks because lot. they're so desperate for a quarterback. Sometimes they'll take a guy who's not worthy of a first-round pick. Like, or you're less likely to do that at another position. Like the dude from Florida this year. What's his name? Anthony Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. He's not, like, off off just playing. And I just see him right. play a lot. He's tantalizing. He got everything you want in a quarterback. He, he look like Cam Newton running away from people. Like it, But what you got to understand is when you get to that next level, it's so different when you talk about quarterbacks. I'll be talking to Bernie and – this messed up. Bernie Kosar might be one of the smartest football oh people God, I've ever. Yeah. I've, and I watch stuff. And he, he'll tell me about different things and how I'm going to move with the safety and I'm going to do this and call this. Like, you understand that Bernie was calling his own plays. You know how crazy that is? That means he's calling the run plays, the pass plays. He's doing sequencing. Think about that. He's basically telling the Belichick to go F himself. Hey, yep. And I'm going <laughs> to... 
And, and even the fact that he did that, but think about it. If you yeah. got a quarterback that was doing the equivalent of what Kevin Stefanski is doing behind that big sheet, yeah. and he still, but he has to go out and, and actually do it. Who did, who did Kansas City trade with to get to the 10th pick? I don't remember. Was it the Browns? No. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Browns took Miles Garrett first day. Right, right, right. That's right. Was it Buffalo? I don't remember. I didn't. Watson went before Mahomes, too. Watson, no, yeah. they traded up to take Mahomes, and uh, Watson went two picks later. Oh, so Watson they traded up to 10. The Browns was at 12, and then the Browns traded down to 25. Yeah, that's true. The Browns could have taken Watson or, or well, not Mahomes. Well, they could have. I mean, look, at, as great as Miles Garrett is, they still should have taken Mahomes. You should have took Patrick one. Mahomes in hindsight, yeah. Right? I mean, as, as, great, as great as Miles Garrett is, and the pick was one of the few hits they've made, it still ultimately was the wrong pick because they should have taken Mahomes. Which, every, I mean, again, every team should have. I mean, it's crazy they missed on him how did we not the how did everybody and by the way i wasn't here saying draft patrick Mahomes. no i'm not gonna be a phony about I it i didn't i'm gonna be totally honest it was the bills by the way okay bills. i'm gonna be totally honest with you i remember the year before that was the year we took uh what was it the uh, deshaun kaiser oh, God. and i knew the browns was gonna suck i knew like we didn't have any quarterbacks that had career starts and I remember telling my cousin I was okay with it. I am not being a phony when I tell you this. I've been a huge fan of Deshaun Watson since he was at Clemson. And I was like, the Browns going to suck. They're going to have the number one pick, and you can just take Deshaun Watson number one overall. I didn't know much about Patrick Well, that Mahomes. would have been good. I mean, certainly the, certainly the first choice should have been Mahomes. The second choice should have been Watson. And then, again, we all love that Miles Garrett's here. Uh, it's hard to complain about a Miles Garrett pick. But... You take Mahomes every time. Real quick, yes. you ready for the trade details of this trade? Yeah. And I only say this is one very familiar name in here. Yeah. The Bills traded the 10th overall pick to Kansas City. Yeah. Which turned into Mahomes. For a 2018 first-round pick, Rashawn Evans. A 2017 first-round pick, Tredavious White. And a 2017 third-round pick, John Johnson III. That's funny. Who then well, was traded to LA. By the way, if I remember correctly, the pick before Patrick Mahomes was the Bengals who overall have drafted very well the last few years, but that year they drafted John Ross. Oh, uh, I, I remember Mahomes. that. I remember that. Oh, my he God. He never played. Never. He sucked. When he did play, couldn't hold on to the ball. And he was cold and mad. He was no, basically that's... Anthony Schwartz, except in the first round. Man, that's crazy. That 4-1 speed was real. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's, th- th- this draft was kind of loaded. John Ross did go nine, right? He did go nine. McCaffrey yeah. was in that draft. Jamal Adams, Marshawn Lattimore, Hassan Reddick, Watson, Marlon Humphrey, Jonathan Allen, Evan Ingram, Tredavious White, TJ Watt, Buda Baker, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, uh, Juju, Alvin Kamara, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Kareem Hunt, Shaquille Griffin, Trey Damn. Hendrickson. There's a lot of lot of talent there. A lot of oh, good drafts. Yeah, George Kittle, late round pick. Mm. What we was the Browns' second pick David in that? Joku. When they traded down. 
It was uh, David Njoku and no, it was Jabril Peppers. Oh, and David Njoku. David Njoku and Jabril Peppers. Yeah, they took Jabril Peppers. Yeah, he was a waste. At twenty-five, and then Njoku at twenty-nine. Right. They yeah. took Njoku one pick before T.J. Watt. They could have came out of that draft with Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt. <laughs> you imagine? Oh my God! All right, it is what it is. Now let's move yeah. it. Let's keep it moving. We'll get to Deshaun Watson in the preseason in a second. First, we go to Earl. Yeah, once again, man, don't forget to subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Ring that bell so you can stay uh, in tune with the latest updates. And then anytime we go live here, anytime we go live on, live on Behind the Glass. And, of course, once the NFL season kicks off, when we go live on the Cleveland Browns postgame show, at the two-minute warning every single time. All right, so as we move forward, I want to start with this, uh, with this tag board. I don't usually play tag board, so hopefully I can get this right. It has sound to it. Take a listen to this. Steve, tell me when you're ready. Gotta hit the play button and the sound on. We really miss Anthony today. Mm. This is Anthony's special. Anthony's the tag board doctor. I don't think it's working. No, boy. No, it's, it's, it's not working. It's not working. But anyway. Tag board freezes all the time, or that's not you. Yeah, so uh, Joe Thomas was on Dan Patrick's show, and I remember we had this conversation that got a little heated. Uh, last week, and it sounded like that he went to the defense of Deshaun Watson. You know, when Dan Patrick tried I, to get him the, to the clip to I heard, I wouldn't describe it as the defense of Deshaun Watson. I would just, just based on what that one clip that I heard, and that's the one you're talking about, right? I wish we had that clip. Yeah, it is. You tweeted about it too. What I, I tweeted, it. he just based what he said basically was nobody in Cleveland wants to talk about the off the field stuff anymore. Um, it's, it's in Cleveland, it's old news. People want to talk about what's happening on the field. And he's right. He's right. Yeah. Now, um, Deshaun Watson, I don't think is really getting asked questions about it anymore at this point. Is he? There are media members nationally that are still talking about it here and there, but I don't think Deshaun Watson's really being asked about it anymore. Locally, he's not being asked about that question too much. Like, I haven't heard any – matter of fact, it was from the one guy who did it in the beginning was um, – I don't think it was a local guy who, who put the, the initial quote out about being the narrative or something, right? Like, who was that guy? He was like a – The person who put it out wasn't a local guy. Right. It was yeah, asked yeah. by a local reporter, but it wasn't about the allegations. Right. It was about him sharing his story. I think yeah, Mary Kay – He just kind of – I think Mary Kay yeah, actually yeah. asked a question, and then yeah. he mentioned the, it in listen, his answer. It's yeah. been ta- – like, what can be said at this point? Yeah, there's nothing left to be said. If there were new news, if there was another allegation, if there was some something that that came out that proved somebody was lying, okay, there'd be something worth talking about. At this point, there's nothing worth talking about off the field. There's no news. And you know, Chris Collinsworth was saying in the Hall of Fame game, people were reaching out and saying, like, you know, he's like, so what are we gonna what are we gonna say about this? Like, you know, we definitely have to talk about you know the elephant in the room before we can even talk about him on the field. And people were confused as hell because they were like, he Deshaun Watson played in one preseason game when the allegations were going on. You could have been talking about it. Mm-hmm. There was a whole season last year where he didn't play where you could have prefaced it and talked yeah. about it. And then he came back and played for six games, in which you could have yeah. Which, I- I, I, yeah, no. So, so it's like, I don't know why it, it just feels like, isn't that out of you guys' system? It's like you're just overproducing it. And and what I'm trying to do, and what I said, what I did is I'm setting it up for the guys that, that, that watch the TV that are going to watch the Browns. 
they're going to talk about it. Like, you know, it's not really over and done and buried. So what you got to do is just like expect it and watch the game and be like, oh, here they go again with that. But don't be surprised when they bring it up because every telecast, they got a news cast of people in there. They're going to have to say, we have to say that he was accused of blah, blah, blah. Hopefully that wears down as you win games. Yeah. I, even if it, I'm not so sure they're going to still bring it up during games because the first half of the season, they will. I, I don't know. I'm not as convinced as you guys are. I, I, it, it was talked about all last year. I just don't know. What is the point? Who are they trying to appease with that? Who are, who are they appealing to? Yeah, I mean, if you're watching the game, mo, you know, anytime we talk about anything that's not sports, that's, you know, that somebody disagrees with. You know, people say, don't talk about politics. But people only say that if you're saying something that, that they, they, they disagree with. That, so, if I was saying something that they agreed with, they wouldn't care that, that I was that is the coldest. That is yeah. the coldest thing you've ever yeah. said. Bull, you are exact correct. The people who say... I don't want to hear about politics. Don't really care about it. It's political. They care about some. They care about saying you disagree with something that yeah. I actually agree with. Right. And I'm I'm being made to feel bad about my that's right. my choice to to that's right. support that. Hundred percent. And that's why pe people say that. And I think it's the same thing with Watson. I mean, it's like at, at this point, I don't think most foot most football fans, even if they're not Browns fans. That are wa that are watching the Browns play the Bengals week one, they don't care about that. You think no. Bengals fans watching that game really care at this point? They know they're going to take pot shots, just like Browns fans took pot shots when the Bengals had five guys that had been arrested. Yep. Just like Browns and Bengals fans yeah. took pot shots at Ben Roethlisberger. Just like Browns fans, Bengals fans, and Steeler fans took pot shots at Ray Lewis when he was involved in whatever the hell that happened facts, there. Facts. That's going to happen. Yeah. But if, if, if I'm a Bengals fan and I'm watching them play the Browns, if I'm a Jets fan and I'm watching them play the Browns, if I'm a Giants fan, I, don't, I know the story. What, why, do you, why do you bring it up at this point? Because I, don't, I don't care. The reason, and, and this is more fans, and I'll get back to the, yeah. the game, is it's low-hanging fruit. It's the easiest joke you can make, and people aren't original, and they're not funny, and they joke? think... Any any. What do you mean? But play by play guys it, are kind of no no. no that's they're what I'm saying. I'm jokes. saying this is the Twitter side, the fan yeah. side of it. Oh, that's fine. But when, when you make a joke about Ben Rosberg or Ray Lewis or whatever, yeah. like it's the low hanging fruit. It's the easy one to make, and right. for the most part, myself included, yeah. we're not that funny or creative when it comes to that. Well, you make a joke? I, I'm funny. I don't know about you. <laughs> whatever. As far as like the broadcast goes, yeah. I think at least for the first couple of games, it'll be brought up because yeah. it'll be tied into. Well, he only played six games last season because he was suspended because of that, Certainly and we need to see how. Yeah, for the first couple until he gets. But I just think it's a quarter be, of the way into the season. I think it's going to be a one-time mention, and then that's it. And so what? Yeah. I, well, yeah, I, I don't, really I don't think it'll be hard throughout the broadcast. Yeah. But I, if someone wants to go into a game, say if they say one thing about Deshaun Watson's off-field situation, I'm turning it off. You're not going to watch the first yeah, five seconds. That's, that's it's, silly. It's going to be mentioned, and then it'll eventually and phase itself it's out. It's not going to be a, a, a recurring topic yeah. on the broadcast. Yeah, yeah, like it was yeah. last year. I think yeah. what Joe Thomas said. I don't want to parrot this almost word for word because he said it best. Deshaun Watson is allowed to play in the NFL. He is Correct. no longer suspended. He served his time. He did what, That's what he, he was suspended. Yeah. He served his time. He's back in the field, and he is playing football for the Browns in yeah. 2023. You can feel however you want to feel about whatever you want but to you feel. you have every right to. Every right to. Yeah. But he's playing. Let's enjoy right. watching him it play. Was, it, was, it was more of a defense of the Browns. I, he made the, One of the things he said towards the end of that was uh, – well, there were a lot of other teams that wanted Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And it was crickets. So it was like, right. If you are a good football player and you can help a team win, they will overlook 
Everything. Literally everything. Everything. Yes. The better you are, the more they'll overlook. What? If Patrick, if what, what, what happened with the... Um, Perry on Winfrey, if that was Aaron Donald, yeah. he's still a member of the Rams. Of course. Patrick Mahomes could do almost anything and they wouldn't cut him. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I just, the, the, the elephant in the room is that when somebody said this, that once you become a media member or a writer for so long, you start to feel like you're the story. That you 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 start to understand. I do have some sway. I do have some power. I can I can write what I want to write. I could do, and and there's no recourse for that because I have a platform, a very large one, to to say what I need to say or, or about give my opinion. But after a while, it, it when you're in the game for so long, I never want to be this way. Like these guys used to be on Sports Center, hit between him and Rich Eisen and Keith Olbermann and a lot of those dudes. Uh, Kenny Maine. I used to look up to a lot of those guys because I thought they was pioneers in what they did. But as you get older and older and older, it's just almost like they got this get off my lawn mentality where it's just like, ah, eh, you know, they, they, you know, it, yeah, I mean, this guy's horrible. This guy's trash. I don't want to watch him. And for me, it, it shows just how out of touch with society you are. Because after you get somewhere so long and you make a certain amount of money, you're insulated from seeing other viewpoints. You just isolated. You got enough money that I can live where I want, where I could just be around the same people. I don't have to go where people are that I don't want to see. I can use the internet and my television to watch the programming that's speaking definitely to me. So what happens is when you start stop you know expanding your horizons and learning and being more inclusive, you turn into a person that is very narrow-minded when you're speaking to a very wide group of people. And I think Joe Thomas did a really good job in this piece by just saying, look, he can play. He served his time. Browns fans is trying to win just like everybody else is. Other people wanted this guy. The Browns are happy to get him. Hey, let's talk about some ball. And that's it. And and I think that's – listen, if if Rich Eisen wants to have a conversation about Deshaun Watson off the field, that's his business. His his show, he can do whatever he wants. Like if if I'm do if I'm being interviewed about the Browns, I would assume that the person's going to ask me at some point about the Sean Watson. And my answer at this point, and I've talked about it a ton. Everybody knows we we t- just talked about it last week. But I, at this point, I'd say it's all. What else is left to be said? Nothing. There's yeah, the answer is nothing left to be said. Everybody's in their camps, posted, which happens with everything. Eating dinner, and nobody's <laughs> changing their mind on anything. Uh, I mean, as you say, in politics, we get information all the time, facts all the time. Nobody changes their mind. It doesn't matter. It don't matter. We ignore everything's made up. Every, every, we've decided one side's decided everything's made up. So that's it. So when, nobody ever changes their mind anymore. I try to. Some people do. I think we do on this show. But most people are so close-minded about everything. You just And that's it. So I, have, I honestly feel like I have nothing left to say. Nothing. Unless there is new news. I have nothing left to say about Deshaun Watson off the field. We've talked about it a million times. I want to see him play football. That's honestly all That's I care it. about right now. That's it. Yeah. So, so for me, I agree like with Bull. I think fans are going to fan. They're fanatics, right? Yeah. Fans are going to do what fans do. They're going to say whatever they're going to say. I think locally is not a thing. Nationally is a thing. And I know you, I personally can't control no narratives, but you've seen it with Ray Lewis and you've seen it with Big Ben. 
you know, a lot of people with a lot of negative things to say. And then these guys get past that certain adversity in their personal life. They move forward to have successful careers. And these same men that was dogging them, all of a sudden they want to praise them. Personally, I just want you to keep the same energy. Like a bull G McNuggets, I am so serious. When and if this man step out, step out here and he start balling out of control, the Browns are winning games and he's ranked in the top seven or eight of every passing category. I want people like Dan Patrick and Rich Eisen to keep the same energy. But see, I disagree with that, Earl, because it's two different things, his play on the field and off the field. But they're already biased, though. They already but, feel some so type what of way you about don't it. Want, if, if Deshaun Watson plays great, you don't want Dan Patrick to say he's playing great? I don't want him to say nothing good about him. You ain't got nothing good to say I, about him. I don't him, agree no? with that. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I don't think one has to do with the other. I think it does. Because if you got that energy now, which of him playing good, why should your energy change? If you feel this way about him now, him playing successful or being successful on the football right. field, like keep the same energy. You don't but you clearly but don't you, like But you can separate dude. the art from the artist. Like I like Kanye music. But they're not Kanye trying to West do music, that. But I don't like what? You you can't separate the art from the art. They ain't nobody been trying to separate the art from the artist all this time. People acting like those six games define who Deshaun Watson is. They was not trying to separate the art from the artist last year. So don't try to do it now. Keep the same energy you got. I I just don't agree with that I, philosophy. I, I, well, here's the way I'm going to ask you a question yeah. and see if you vibe with it. I'm wholeheartedly being who I am and understanding the way the game works in this country. John Watson could be the best player in the league. He's not going to win a champ. He's not going to win an MVP. Probably not. Yeah. And so yeah, that's fair. So so watch this. So if Earl is saying you can't yeah. separate the artist from the art from the art for the artist, well, that just proves they can't because even when well, his play on the field is of an MVP caliber. What is stopping well, them from it would only, for him? It, it would only be it would only prove it if we're actually right. We right. don't know for sure that we're right. right. We're all assuming he wouldn't win the MVP. And if that happened, if he was clearly the MVP and didn't win it, then we could say, okay. Yeah. And yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah. that with with other votes. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen that with Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's, and there's a variety of reasons that some voters forget nothing. He didn't do anything wrong. But there were some people that were like, well, we can't vote for LeBron MVP every year, so let's vote for somebody else. Yeah. It, it, and, and without even a controversial reason. Yeah. So it, there's a lot of reasons why people say or do the wrong thing in terms of voting or whatever. I just think, I, 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 for me, I don't care. I'm not paying attention to Dan Patrick. I don't watch his show. I don't watch Rich Eisen. I don't watch any of that stuff. If, if Rich Eisen or Dan Patrick say, I don't like Deshaun Watson, I think he's whatever. Okay. And if you don't, if you think that's wrong, and you're pissed off that he said that, you got you or whoever has every right to be pissed off. You disagree with him, okay, that's fine. But then if if in week if Deshaun Watson's playing great, and Desha- and Dan Patrick goes, man, I tell you, I'm not a big Watson fan, but I got to give him credit. He's playing great. I mean, why why would I have a problem with that? I don't know. I, you know, I I do believe to what you say. I believe yeah. that if you are presented with new information, right, everybody yeah. should have a um, a out card to say I've received new information and I could have space and time to change my mind. I think everybody should have that a little bit. For me, when you talk about the national media, I've always had this sort of um, theory. I've always said that the Cleveland Browns really are America's team. And you're like, why, what, why are you talking about that? They talk about the Cowboys. You guys come from other states, right? Um, Texas and New York. 
really big union states. Well, he's from New Jersey originally. But he that's another big hub, yeah. right? So, yeah. you, you, you know, when you talk about the Cleveland Browns, right, have you ever seen a team who is traditionally not good, has not won a Super Bowl, get this much attention? Cowboys. Cowboys got three championships. Well, not... Yeah, but the... I think that's because of Watson. Otherwise, the Browns wouldn't be getting any attention. I, well, here's the thing. Yeah. When, they, when Baker was here, they got all the attention. It was a polarizing storyline, and the Browns had made the playoffs for the first time in forever. Odell Beckham Jr., polarizing, right? Like, like they had, like, for the last seven years, for a team that has right. not done anything, but they are on national TV from like all a, the time. And, and then Johnny Manziel before Johnny that. Johnny Manziel before that. But, yeah, the, the, Brown, the Browns have had a lot of uh, – National stories mostly bad, but yeah, right. uh, there's been a lot of national storyline. I don't look at any team as America's team. I always, I always thought that was stupid to say about the Cowboys. I don't look at any team as America's team. I, you, I just saw, I just saw some poll or something where the Bengals were listed as the third or fourth most popular team in the NFL, and I'm like, five years ago they were probably the. The twenty eighth most popular team in the league. They get Joe Burrow now. They're third or fourth. Well, because, I mean, it changes. Well, well, Joe Burrow. I think is if you ask who's the most likable quarterback in the league, it's Joe Burrow. More than Mahomes? No, it's definitely Mahomes. I, bro, look, it's I, definitely Patrick Mahomes. It's definitely Mahomes. I, I, they like we people like Mahomes. I'm not saying Mahomes ain't there, but man, people love Joe Burrow. Girls love Joe Burrow. Le, like they love Joe. Like it ain't like I have not heard one person say one bad thing about Joe Burrow. Yeah. I'll say something bad about Joe Burrow right now. He takes baths instead of showers. He does. He takes what? I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Of- I'm about to say that's I don't know what you said. He takes baths instead of showers. Oh, and that's nasty. <laughs> he puts ket- he does. No, Mahomes puts ketchup on his steak. That's inappropriate. That, I agree. That's, That's like a giant. Like, Burl is an Ohio kid, though. So, I, you know, like, it, it, there's a bias there for me, if I'm being honest. Like, I like, I know, like, so our man JP, he likes to always remind me, well, he wasn't born here. But he was pretty much raised in Ohio. So, like, I bo- like Joe Burrow. I didn't know he wasn't born in Ohio. Where is he? Oh, oh, he was yeah. born Where's in Iowa, born? right? Yeah, he was born in Iowa. Yeah, but didn't he spend almost his I whole know. life? Tell Peter Lynn that. <laughs> I mean, Steph yeah, Curry's I mean, from Akron. Well, he was just born in Akron. I don't think well, if we're going to use there. the same JP's logic that it wasn't that Burrow was born in Iowa, he's an Iowan kid, then we should claim Steph Curry. All right, that's fair. That's I just fair. seen the chat. They said the Mia West kids get love. That's Mia West swing. I definitely, I definitely understand that. Burrow, just, Burrow is very likable. Yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah. is Mahomes. Yeah, and Josh Allen's likable too. Yeah. I don't find Josh Allen as likable as those two guys. You, you know, I don't know what it watch, is. This is this is you so. For the Browns and the Bengals yeah. to have an inner city or interstate rivalry yeah. with all the, you know, the past and, and you know, Paul Brown and yeah. all the vitriol, Joe Burrow is so likable that to some people, the Bengals are not a venomous rival. It's like when the Browns and Bengals play, say, oh, Browns and Bengals is playing. Oh, man, this is going to be a good game. See what's going to happen. It's never been like Joe Burrow came and it was just like, I could watch the Bengals play with no vitriol, and it's supposed to be a rivalry. But when it comes to the Ravens and them Steelers, I want them to lose every game, like you said. Yeah. We, I want them to lose every single game. Yeah. For the and I don't feel the same way about the Bengals. I just feel like, oh, they got some good players over there. We're gonna have to play well, or you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's because of Joe Burrow and his personality. It's just like you can't be mad at it. She's like, yeah. 
Yeah. So, like, I know this happens, right? And, and, you know, maybe my perspective is a little tough as far as, you know, keeping that same energy. But I feel like at some point, man, you got to pick a side and you have to stay there. I've seen this with my own two eyes, and I won't name names, but I know people who will get comfortable on TV or on radio, and they'll talk down about them, totally disrespectful. And then they'll be at training camp with cameras and cheeses and all smiling in his face and waving and this, that, and the third. And I, maybe it's just me personally, maybe it's the emotional side of me, but that's fake behavior. If you really, if you really don't like this man, if you really got a preconceived bias about this man, then keep it. Like I know G, you said when you presented with new information, you have the right to change your mind and you do, but balling out on the football field to me, it's not new information. Right, but it's what I'm saying, Earl, is it's two different conversations. You don't, like, I have mixed feelings about Deshaun Watson, the person. Right, mm-hmm. We've talked about this. But I don't have any mixed feelings about him as a player. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to get back to being a great player this year. And I want him to do well. Um, that doesn't mean, I don't have to like every player the same. I don't really know the guys to, to like them in that way, but like, I, I, if somebody said, like, if my son asked me to wear the Sean Watson jersey, I don't know what I would want to do. I don't know that he would ask me that, but I don't know. But if he wanted me, if he asked, if he said, well, can I wear the Nick Chubb jersey? Yeah, I wouldn't even think for two well, seconds. What's the, what would be the conflict, boy? I mean, the conflict seems pretty obvious, no? No, I'm asking you seriously, what would be the conflict? If, if, What's the conflict between him wanting a Deshaun Watson jersey and a Nick Chubb jersey if they're both balling out on the field? What's the conflict? Because one has been accused of a lot of ugly things off the field, and one hasn't. But accusations don't make you guilty. This is true. but And I don't want to go down this whole road again because we've, but we've it, but adjudicated it is, this a million times already. But, it, but it, what, I, what I'm saying is it's a choice, right? Like that's a, like that's the great thing about you. We, we talk about United States all the time. The great yeah. thing about it is you, you got a choice, right? Yeah. Everybody has a choice whether they go rock and roll with it or 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 they go and t- turn their back on it. I'll give you an example, Earl. Uh, today I was on Twitter. Somebody sent me something, and they sent me um, a video of an interaction between Deshaun Watson and Roger Goodell. And when they, they were hugging, yeah, they yeah. hugged. So. When they're hugging and dapping people up and laughing, see, what happens is on our level, we don't understand the political nature of the game, and we don't understand that this is this whole industry is fake. Everything here, like, there's, yeah, it, this, exactly. this is not real life. This is what we, so, so, but I understand that, like, it's harder for some people to separate that. I have a very good, difficult time, like Earl, separating the industry from the real stuff. When you see Goodell uh, interacting with Deshaun Watson, what you see is two millionaires operating as millionaires. That's right. At the end of the day, he still got his money. At the end of the day, Roger Goodell still got and – and Roger Goodell understands, hey, I'm trying to keep you in the fold, dog. We trying to – hey – we trying to keep you in the fold. I, I want you to be good. I want you to be great. Because if you great, that means the Cleveland Browns fan base is excited about it. They're all mercenaries at the end of the day. Yeah. It's billionaires and millionaires. So that's why, you, and even Deshaun Watson, ain't no problem with Because guess what? I'm still rich. That's right. And Earl, to your point, like you said, well, you pick your sides and that's it. I think that's the problem in this country is we do too much of picking sides and we never step out of those sides to, to listen to the other side. 
And I don't think we should condemn people for maybe changing their mind. Now, if you're changing your mind just because he's playing well, I get it. That's a different story. But your job as a sports talk show host is to give your opinions. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't think highly of Deshaun Watson, then you're in t- as long as you're fair about it, or at least you, you think you're being fair about it, you may think somebody's not being fair. Then it's a difference of opinion. But then talking about the player on the field is a different story. I, I, I don't think we can expect Dan Patrick to say, you know, if Deshaun Watson goes 35 for 40 for 422 yards and four touchdowns, to say, oh, he really had a crappy game. I'm not – I don't care about – No, you know, I, I think, I think this know. is a healthy conversation. So, like, we all grew up different. We all have different perspectives on things. When I was a kid growing up, my favorite football player was Brett Favre, right? And the football player, Brett Favre, major fan of him. Yeah. But there was things that, you know, you would hear about him off the football field that probably wouldn't be appeasing. And my parents just always raised me that athletes are entertainers. They are there for your entertainment. These men that you do not know from a can of paint are nothing more than just entertainers for you. They're not your role models. They're not somebody to look up for. And I've had that mentality since I was like eight or nine years old. What are you saying? So it's wrong if I say I think Brett Favre is a scumbag? Whatever. All, all, yeah. all I'm saying is, it's like, you know, when we talk about separating the art from the artist and me and you've had conversations when I say, well, it's hard for me to say I don't like somebody because I don't know you. Deshaun Watson is right. a talented football player yep. and he's there for my enjoyment of entertainment. And that's it. That's all. And I think people and maybe you're right. Maybe I'm not being unfair with not giving people the option to change their mind. But I just think that when people try to draw a line, a line in the sand or when it comes to somebody over a situation that we got very little information about, I think you're not being fair and showing empathy. And that's one of the things just as human beings that we're supposed to do, not be quick to judge. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. They like just show some that, empathy. But, and, and that's, that's, fine. Like that's and a lot of that, things that people's been doing. Earl, and if you're that way, that's fine. But most of us, you hear information and you judge. It's kind of natural. It may be unfair. Part of our job of what we do in this business is giving opinions. And sometimes, and most of the time, honestly, even when it comes to sports stuff, we're giving opinions without having every single fact, right? We're criticizing a coach. We're criticizing a player. We don't have all the facts in those situations. We may have more than we have in the Watson situation. And you could say, well, it's unfair to, to be critical of Watson because we don't have all the facts. Well, if you're, on the other hand, is it unfair to be critical of the women that have accused him? In the same vein, right? People are, sh- some people are shitting on them too. Is that fair? No, I don't think it's fair at all. I think for me, like I've always just, you know, tried to stay out of it because I got some opinions that is probably would make people uncomfortable if I yeah. addressed them. You know, you read your email. All I'm saying is I've seen this in real life. 
I've seen stuff like this in real life. Absolutely. I get it. And, but part of our job is giving opinions on things. So we can't just sit here and have, I don't think, it's tricky. And that's why I said with my son in the, the Watson jersey, I didn't say no chance I would let him have the jersey. I said I really have to think about it. I, I know he's not going to ask me for a Watson jersey because he loves Joe Burrow. And he's got his <laughs> I, Joe Burrow jersey. But it's like, it's like G real quick, G, but, you know, G is not a big Jed Wills fan. No. He's made it very clear. Yeah. If Jed Wills comes out and is the number four ranked PFF tackle this season, you know what I'm gonna say. He's gonna have to change right. opinion well, and give, mean, give well, kudos. I'm, I'm, I'm adapt. Listen, I listen. I do blogs for a living. Anthony Walker. I say, oh, Anthony Walker's garbage. Anthony yeah. Walker got on that joint and hit me up and said, oh, okay, we gonna see smiley faces. Right. But then guess what? I had to look around when free agency came around and they ain't had nobody else. I said, you know what? We might want to go ahead and get back Anthony Walker. I'm sorry, dog. Come on back, bro. And Come on Je- back. Do your thing. And if Jedrick Wills came in studio with us, I don't think G has to shit on him in studio. No. I think it would be right to say, hey, I've been I, really critical of uh, your play. You did that with Greg Newsom. I did that with Greg Newsom. Absolutely. I don't, you know, sometimes you get caught up in the moment. Yeah, we're, we're talking, and maybe you go a little further than you want. And because we're so comfortable in our situation, but but, it's, but also we are also entertainers. That's right. Like a lot of people, we are. What we do is 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 pseudo journalism. Pseudo. There's no journalism. There's no. none. There's none. Yeah. So we we give an opinion. <laughs> we give an opinion about somebody. We're entertainers, right? Just like they're entertainers. And so when when we look at it, and I my my recourse when I don't like something. Is I go to my blog. I go right. I get on right. I got a platform. I get on there. I, I create a video just like that. They, just like they got a platform and they create what they want to do. At the end of the day, the greatest thing about sports and why I love sports is because I say it all the time. It does not matter what your religion is, your race, your color, how much money you got, where you came from. When you get on those white lines, you have all the opportunity in the world to change everybody's opinion because what stands the test of time is what happens on that field. We are just guests. We are tertiary. We're, we're people that look around and we're onlookers, right? And we we are guesting in this game of professional sports, but what happens on the field, that's the iconic stuff. And Deshaun Watson has an opportunity to prove me wrong or right. Bull wrong or right or or Dan Patrick wrong or right. Earl, I got, I got a question for you. Do you think LeBron James is a clutch basketball player? Is he a clutch basketball player? Yeah. Hell yeah. As it, clutch as Donovan Mitchell? Wait, uh, hey, no, 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 no. This is, this is, this is, this is serious. This is serious. This is serious. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. So I'm asking this again so we get it in one clip. Do you All think right. LeBron James is a clutch basketball player? I think LeBron James is clutch. Did you think he was a clutch basketball player after the 2011 finals when they didn't beat Dallas? Yeah. You still thought he was clutch after his yeah, last Yeah, he just had a bad finals. I had seen I seen LeBron James over a long period of time to know he was clutch. I didn't. One bad finals wasn't going to change my mind about that. He hadn't won a championship. So this is at that point. this is exactly my point. So you were steadfast that he was clutch beforehand. Yeah. I'm actually in Bulls camp. I was not sure he was a, a legitimate MJ Kobe level closer. Right. And he's proven to be. Yeah. But after that finals, I was like, eh, I'm not so sure if he has that immense clutch gene. And now he's developed their. Either he had it, and now I just was more tuned to it. But, Earl, you answered that not the way I expected, so that was not what I wanted. No, but got him. <laughs> but, but the reality is that if you polled every, uh, every sports fan, then how, you know, do you think LeBron is clutch? And now the number now would be a lot higher than it would be then. Yeah. Even if Earl disagrees, he'd be, he'd be in the smaller percentage then. 
you know, now it's hard to deny that LeBron is clutch. At the time, you could. That was a major choke job that they lost this that series. Is, and by, by the way, for us, this is riveting. This is the, the to me, this is the most interesting I've ever been in a Brown season in my life. And a lot of people come up to me and tell me, because of these storylines, what we just talked about for 30 minutes here is not only are some people have mixed feelings in the national media or local media, but there's people in the fan base that have mixed feelings about whether Deshaun Watson is worth it or it, what is it going to look like. 100%. And so when you get that and, and it's on display, they also have mixed feelings about Kevin Stefanski. Some people have mixed feelings about Miles Garrett and how yeah. he plays. The list goes, like, as you're saying that, we're going to get an answer, and there's a chance to change your opinion on, is Kevin Stefanski a good coach? Is Deshaun Watson in that elite, elite category, or is uh-huh. he falling off? Uh-huh. Is Nick Chubb worth $16 million? Uh-huh. Is Elijah Moore the second coming of Jerry Rice? Uh, well, that's, that, now you push it. Is, is Jed Wilson? Those questions are for every team. But, no, but, but, I'm, just, but I'm just saying. Yeah, but I'm just, uh, and that's obviously yeah. a joke because his yeah, yeah. preseason hype. But is, is Miles Garrett a Hall of is, Famer? Is Miles Garrett a Hall of Famer? That's a big question because if Miles Garrett does not win Defensive Player of, this, of the Year this year, I don't know that he ever will. This is his best is chance. His best chance. Yeah. But there, there are so many questions that whatever your opinion is today on August, what's today, the 11th, the 10th, if your opinion does not change, on all these things, and this, or it's not a shot to you, I'm just saying in general, for anyone, if your opinion doesn't change on a lot of these things from August 10th to the end of the season, that means we haven't learned anything. It means the Browns are probably 8-9 and nine or 9-8. Nine and eight, and yep. We're all disappointed. Yep, uh, yep. I, I, I totally agree. I've never, seen, I've never seen the stakes so high, but at the same time can go either way. Like, because if Stefanski does well, now you have to say, oh, he's getting a contract extension. And he would be the first coach I don't count Hugh Jackson's extensions. <laughs> that was corny. Yeah. Like that was that was all smoke yeah. and mirrors. He'd be the first coach since 1999 to 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 go on to a second contract. Like yeah, I mean, I, I think I said this a few months ago. I feel like Stefanski's either gone after this year or he's here a decade plus. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know it is. I, right. I, I, I feel like there's no in between. And, and one good year can make everybody so much money. Look at the Johnny Doc real quick. Kevin Sumlin got a four million dollar raise after yeah. one oh, good yeah. year. Cliff Kingsbury, who was never a good head coach, never got head coaching jobs at a Power Five program and the NFL off one good Johnny football season. And he still looked like he don't care. I'm like, dang, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, he was just in there like. Yeah. By the way, if he were black, he would never have got. <laughs> that's that's never. Fair. Yeah, that's, B, that's why Eric Bieniemy coaching them hard as hell in Washington. He's watching Cliff Kingsbury in that penthouse. Like, damn it, how the hell did this guy get his like, job? Cliff Kingsbury is like the is the. Is the Johnny Manziel of coaches? He was, by the way, because he was just basically being like, "Ah, Johnny, to come to Kingsborough can be Rico Suave in the hood." What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't hear that. What was that? I uh, said Cliff Kingsbury. He can pass for Rico Suave in the hood, man. He just he he got this this swag to him. He like he he looked like he just got this persona. The ladies love him. The fellas want to be around him. And, and it looked like, like he moving, he moving bricks of cocaine, allegedly. He does look like he's moving he a lot like of cocaine. He, he yeah. looked like he's just, they dropped kilos off to him. And he has a system <laughs> just like the Kingsbury mob family, the whole night. Oh, my he looks goodness. Like he, there's very few people who you look at and be like, I could see him doing a thousand jobs. Like, yeah. I look at Bull, I see like three jobs that Bull could do, just visually speaking. Really? Yeah. Yeah, radio. Highly insulting. No, um, that's a compliment because I think you do one of the three jobs I think you All could right. be doing, which is. What's the other two? We got like a little bit over a minute. But, uh, do you really want to know? Go ahead. I can see Bull being a plumber. I, he's, I know he's going to get mad at plumber. me. For this. I've got no. 
I cannot fix anything. <laughs> well, I, no, I am the least. I, I'm not saying what you can't. I'm saying this. I look at you. I'm like, I, I, I see there a guy because you can picture my pick, ass pick, crack hanging picture out. The last one. <laughs> Go to the last one. Last one. Good. I was gonna say garbage man. No, no. Bull. I, bull can <laughs> Damn. Do. Bull. I got bull or, or on. I got bull on three positions, right? I think he could be like uh, a police precinct chief. Mm. Um, the second one is he what could be like a mall cop. What? what he, <laughs> damn, he didn't got that. He downgraded. You're like, killing me now. But I think. But you I said think, your ball sack weighed more than me yesterday. It's a little <laughs> bit of payback. I, I think. I think you missed your true calling. I yeah. think you. I think you'd be a good actor. Thank you. Yeah, Kevin I can James. see him being a uh, middle Kevin school principal. Why's he got to be a fat guy? Well, well, you're Kevin James, but better. You like? Kevin I James th- sucks as an actor. I, I, I think you can really Thank play you. on a sitcom. Somebody's complimentary. Right, like, yeah, I, I, I could see, we'll see I it all. He could be a principal. I mean, come on, huh? I principal? Think. I could be like the. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.